0: In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win it! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Excellent. Welcome back to the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Bo. And this is Dallin.
1: You know, I got to point this out before we move any further, Mitch. What's up? You used to do this, like, pause when you kind of did the welcome back to the Sports Hour. This is Mi-. Like, uh-huh. now you just, like, you just, like, pile drive it. You're like, welcome to the sports hour. This is Mitch. I, I I, just noticed the change. I'm wondering if you're just trying something new.
2: We're trying – you know what? In a, in a year like this where maybe changes need to be
0: made, what's just? let's just try something new. Let's just try something new okay. and, see, and see what happens, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm, I don't know if I like it, but I don't hate it. I'm just curious because I've noticed it, Uh, like, the last – Three or four times.
2: Oh, so this is criticism, is what it is. Well,
1: no, I mean, okay. Well, I don't want to say like criticism because again, I don't hate it.
2: Okay. I just,
1: I don't know. I liked the uh, I liked the original better. <laughs> How about that?
2: I mean the original the, the original is always better, right?
1: The rebrand is just not as good. I'm just kidding. No, you're you're fine. You're great, Mitch. You do a wonderful job. Oh no well, we don't need to disparage Mitch Moe to start the podcast. Guys, what am I doing?
2: I mean, I, I have plenty I think you're gonna disparage me on later, so I think we could just lay <laughs> off maybe. <me> now.
1: <laughs> maybe. Let's uh let's save that for a little later in the pod and let's uh let's just uh I guess introduce what we're gonna
0: do today, Mitch.
2: Yeah, uh, we got a uh, we got some NBA news. Yeah, NBA playoffs. We're going through yeah, which the has second been round. A blast! Yeah, oh um, we'll we'll talk about your uh, spicy tweet that you sent out, <laughs> and then uh, how you've continued to follow up on that. So we got some NBA playoff update stuff. We also got a little bit of NFL news, but the big part of this is we're tomorrow is our fantasy football draft, Alan. One of our yes. two. We have, we have two leagues that we're in together, and tomorrow is our redraft fantasy draft, so we're going to do a mock draft, and we're going to maybe give you a little bit of last-minute, uh, maybe some last-minute fantasy stuff here before we get into the fantasy football season. We are by no means experts, but we're going to give you what we think works for us, and we're going to hope that – uh. You don't take it as advice and just maybe something to think about. That's all we could do here. Because um, oh,
1: I I disagree wholeheartedly, Mitch. I think my strategy is perfect, and if anybody else does anything else, they're stupid. That's so.
2: exactly why you won our league last year, right? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, you didn't. Hey, did you did you win? Because I don't remember that either. No, I didn't win. Right. That's why Excellent. I was I was staying humble. You got a. Yeah, you know, stay humble, Alan. <laughs> stay humble. Okay,
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. Those are wise words.
2: Yeah, wise words. Um, you
1: know, those, but, but and I think that's Kendrick Lamar had the humble song. That's what yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, it was Kendrick to. Lamar. Yeah, you're
2: right. Yeah, that's
1: what we're gonna do. Yeah. So yeah, that is what we have on store, on tap, in store, out store, store tap for today. Um, what the hell was
0: that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like a mini stroke. It's store, out Uh, store,
0: store tap. Okay,
1: Mitch, shall we get into the news? Let's
0: get into the news. Let's get into the news.
1: Okay. This is great because this is the one where Mitchell forgot to put it in, so now you just sounded like a buffoon.
0: Oh no, Mitchell, don't forget! (laughs) Mitchell, don't forget again. You did great last week, Mitchell. (laughs) All right,
1: Mitch, uh, we're going to start with my favorite bit of news from the last week. In fact, from today, because it broke uh, just a few hours ago. Uh, this The starting quarterback, Mitch, for the Chicago we, No, 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 Bears. we don't need to talk about that.
2: We don't need to talk about that. No, no, forward. we got to uh, talk news, about
1: this. Mitch, can right? you talk about who your, your NFL team?
0: NBA news, game three, Raptors who's, who's Celtics. Who's the starting quarterback for NFL team um, this
1: year, Mitch, and how do you feel about it?
0: We don't need to. Fine! You want me to talk about it? God damn it! Why are we starting Jubisky? I mean, like, I'm not gonna let why you guys around Why are start we starting Trubisky? Like, when we're not even getting a full affair shake. You just we're... spent the money on him. We're... there's Obviously, way more Trubisky's news. Not ready, not why are we starting him? Before we get, get the bomb out of there! You happy? There you go. There's my true feelings. He's a bomb. He's a nobody. Get him out of there! god damn it
1: yeah this is what i wanted this is what i was waiting for mitch uh listen it's listen i yeah it's such a hard thing mitch when i under i listen i i understand fans frustration i understand the meme of like trubisky starting again right but From an NFL team's perspective, when you trade it up for the second pick to draft this kid, like you got, like, like you either admit your failure and you move on or you keep trying to string it along. And obviously they're trying to string along. And now, to his credit, Mitch, we like to forget, and maybe this was a fluke, but he was a pro bowler, right? Like we do forget about that. But Mitchell Trubisky is a pro bowl quarterback. At one point.
0: So. Oh, stop it. Is
1: there like that potential or is Chicago just holding on to that? Just praying that he comes anywhere close to that.
0: Well, there's no praying about it. There's no prayer. He's never going to be there. He won't be there with the path that he's on right now. We haven't had anyone since Sid Luckman. Sid Luckman. That was it. That was 1948. We haven't had a good quarterback since. We haven't had one since. We had Jim McMahon, but yeah, but he was just a facilitator. He was just filling the job. He was a good leader. That's all he did. Can we get a good quarterback one time? What goddamn was he tied? Please. <laughs> I'm sorry, bitch.
1: <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at your pain, but it's. <laughs> Gosh
0: dang it! Listen,
1: I understand, and and the and when you sign Nick Foles, which was already laughable when you consider the type of maybe other options. Cam was had. there. To compete, right? Like Cam Newton. It makes you question kind of what's going on. I would have liked Marcus Mariota there too, if I'm being honest. Uh bashes me. I like I kinda like Mariota. But uh either way, it's like you bring Foles in and I guess here's to play devil's advocate, Mitch, what if he really is this good? That he clearly beat out Nick Foles in the offseason? Isn't, Isn't that though? a good thing? out Isn't that a good thing?
0: No, I think he's a. I think he's weak-minded. I think he has no mentality. He has no mental fortitude, no strength mm. up there. Because I think if you bench him, then he's never going to pan out. Right. So you have to play the guy, and you have to see him play crappy football because that's what he knows how to do. He's soft. That's what you're saying. 13 collegiate games. And they took him number
1: two overall. He's like a soft pretzel.
2: No, he's not soft. He's,
0: he's softer than baby crap. That's what he is. He's baby doo-doo. It's a sad, it's a sad you know, Mitch, I just
1: look back at that twenty seventeen draft and I just I just shake my head at the we number. The Mahomes. number I mean, and even if you didn't draft a quarterback as as you probably should like even if you didn't the number of top tier players they could have had. And instead they traded up for Trubisky. So, listen, Mitch, it's a sad day. But you know what's not a sad? What fan base is not sad right now because of the announcement of their starting quarterback? Who? I think the New England Patriots because Cam Newton I don't care. has announced. I don't care. It's been announced that he's won the job. And that is a big win, Mitch. And you and I are not surprised I, I, by this. Right? I, I, don't mean, ca-
0: I don't care. I don't care because do. Cam Newton, no, Cam Newton could be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Mitch, get over it. But no, he's it. playing
1: in New England. Mitch, get over it because your dumbass picked these this team to go to the playoffs, and now you are getting your just due. This <sighs> well, is your no, fault.
2: I haven't gotten my just due yet. My just due would be when they don't make uh, the
1: playoffs. When they go five don't. and eleven this year, yes, that'll be your. Just
2: due. <laughs> You're, that's a joke. That's a joke. 5-11. Your quarterback's
1: a joke, so you tell me how you're going to win games, bro, with a with a banged-up David Montgomery in a trash can with arms, okay? All right. I digress. Can we talk about Cam Newton, Mitch? Because this is a big win yeah. for Cam. I'm very excited for him in New England, and I New England's tough, man. I know I picked them ultimately to make the playoffs. I trust the Belichick thing a lot, and I think— you know, until we haven't seen it, why why root against it? Why vote against it? Right? Uh, the offense is going to be tough with Cam, but if uh, if anybody has anything to prove this year, is it not him? Almost more than anybody else in the league. You know, like Cam, this is a uh, extremely important. This is this is uh, this will determine his career this year. If it's great, he's going to have a lengthy career. If it sucks, he's gone. He's out. Like that'll be it for Cam Newton. So this is a really important year. I'm excited that he's going to get the full opportunity in New England, and I expect him to do well. I don't know if the team will be great. I don't know if he'll be great, but I expect it to be successful. I expect him to have flashes of great moments mixed in with some pretty good quarterback play, and 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 I think it'll be an opportunity for him to extend his career. So I'm excited for Cam Mitch. Uh, what about you? You're you, This isn't a surprise, right?
2: No, it's not a surprise. I mean, Bill Belichick was, was doing his thing where – all three quarterbacks were getting first-team reps, and he right. was just trying to to, to distract away from the fact that he actually probably had a starter in mind the day they signed Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah so, I think so. <laughs> so, like, he was just trying to divert attention away from that, and, I mean, he knew since the day they signed Cam Newton that Cam Newton was going to be the starter. Um, uh, So he gave all three quarterbacks first-team reps, which isn't a bad thing to do. I think that, you know, the more reps you could get a quarterback with the first team the better it is for the quarterback um but yeah no this is no shock and you're right this is this is a make or break year for cam newton he's on a one-year deal it's a prove-it deal um because he could re-enter free agency again if he does not re-sign with new england so uh yeah it's it's a big deal for cam and this could definitely be uh the beginning of a second half of his career a second chapter in his career or it could be the beginning of the end for him
1: yeah, no doubt, and it's uh, it'll be fascinating to watch. But what a great place to be in for him uh, in New England with Bill Belichick with such a successful program. Uh, he's never been in a building as this this successful. You know what I mean? Even back to college, you could argue Florida maybe uh, at that point. But uh, New England is the most uh, you know one of if not the most storied franchises in the NFL, at least in the last twenty years. Obviously, so for Cam to be in this situation. Uh, as a chance to revive his career in a way is a big win. So I'm excited. I'm excited for Cam. I'm still looking at my uh, Cam Patriots jersey. You know, that red Patriots jersey is kind of slick, and the Newton number one on it, pretty clean. I don't know. I hate the Patriots, but part of me wants that jersey. I'm not going to lie.
2: The the throwback red, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. You get it. You get it. You get it. All right, Mitch. Um, let, we have a couple other kind of like free agent NFL, uh, sort of tidbits. Do you want to kind of go over here?
2: Yeah. Uh, so Leonard Fournette released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. What was this beginning of this week? Yeah. Um, then pretty promptly within 48 hours, 72 hours, uh, signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it's been said by, uh, Bruce Arians already that Ronald Jones is their, their guy. Um, but, Don, what kind of effect do you think that Leonard Fournette has on that offense, if any, really?
1: Well, listen, I think when, when you look at Tampa Bay, what's intriguing to me is they have so many different kind of guys in this room, right? Like, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. You got Rojo, who hasn't really proved a, a lot for you. You bring in Fournette. They have LaShawn McCoy right like it it's clear yeah. to it's clear to me that Tampa Bay doesn't know what it's going to get from its running back room and it's going to figure and it's going to just make that work throughout the season and when come playoff time whoever's rolling whoever's playing the best how whoever fit most in the offense is going to get the time i have no idea who that is <laughs> i think it could be any one of those four players i named like legitimately i don't know who's gonna be fournette is obviously gonna have an opportunity when you're a number four overall pick like you're gonna get a second chance he's gonna get a fair shake here and uh you know for him i mean this is prove it like if you want a lengthy career in this league you're like He's got an opportunity here on a team that's going to be good. It's going to be on TV, an opportunity for him to kind of rewrite the narrative around the player that he is. So for Ned, it's a great opportunity. I don't know if he's going to end up being able to win the job because I just, with Tampa, I just, I don't know about that backfield. I don't know. I think well, they're gonna just make it work as it goes and come playoff time. Kind of like the Niners last year, and a lot of that was injury, but at the end, Mostert was like the guy. And so they rode Mostert and Mostert was incredible during the playoffs. I think Tampa is looking to do something like that, where throughout the season somebody emerges and that's they take the hot hand, they roll with that, uh come playoff time.
2: Yeah, that's kind of the the I mean, that's kind of the route that I see them going the same way that San Francisco did. But look, like LaShawn McCoy, he's not a give the ball out-of-the-backfield type of guy anymore. Um, he's really just a a name you distract the defense with. Um, it, Keyshawn Vaughn's already been set back. He was one of those guys that was on that COVID uh, isolation list. Right. And I think he's he been on actually, it twice, right? And he's been on it twice, Damn. and he's been on it longer than anyone else in both stints. So right. he's already been set back, and so he's kind of had a tough training camp. I don't know if he's really going to get the looks that people thought he was going to get looked at, you know, get the looks at his, uh, but Bruce Arians also loves experience. He's, I mean, just look at his roster. I mean, it's full of experienced veterans um, and he loves having experience. And I think that having a tandem of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette is going to become advantageous for him because he's going to be able to split the workload. Uh, Ronald Jones showed flashes of brilliance last year, though the consistency was an issue. And Leonard Fournette, we we know that he's capable of being um, being a top-tier running back, uh, but he just hasn't shown it over the last couple of years. So we know he has the capability to do it. Um, I think that this is going to be a situation where you see guys, both guys get over 100 carries and both guys probably close to the 150 mark. Um and they're just going to have to ride the hot hand once they get into the playoffs because I think this team is going to be uh, one, one of those top four seeds in the NFC playoffs. So, you know, I think it's going to be very similar to San Francisco where they get to the playoffs, they ride the hot hand and and uh, ride them as, as far as they can.
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like I think football wise, real life, I think they'll be fine. Like fantasy wise, I'm not touching anybody in that backfield. Because like, we're talking fantasy football today, so I might throw some yeah. fantasy. Nugget. I'm not touching anybody in that backfield because I don't know who's no going to get the carries. Now, maybe late-round flyer on a guy you keep on the bench, and if Keyshawn Vaughn gets healthy, emerges as the guy, now you got to steal. Maybe Fournette's that type of way. I don't really know. But I'm avoiding it just because it, it, who knows? And I don't think the Tampa cares if they have a three down back. It's the guy, you know, that's not the vocal point of the offense. It's clearly this passing game and that's what they're going to ride uh, into the playoffs. And so uh, they just need to get enough contribution. Right. So interesting stuff there. Another running back Mitch on the move as well, or I guess out of town, not, I wouldn't know where he'll end up yet.
2: Yeah. Uh, Adrian Pearson released from the Washington football team. Yes. Um, I mean, I hate it for the legend. Uh, surefire first ballot hall of famer um but honestly just not that big of an impact i mean th- this is uh, i mean i guess the, he, there was speculation he was still going to be the starter in washington at the end of the year but he's what 34 years old now i mean this starting a 34 34 year old running back is really tough um not a good look and uh, uh i mean guy's a legend he's going to have a successful career uh after football he's going to be a surefire Hall of Famer, but um yeah, I, I just don't, I fail to see the significant impact, especially with a Washington team that's already really, really bad.
1: Yeah, well, and ultimately, too, like, I mean, you're, and we're probably going to see this, too, in the reports, it seems like Alex Smith is probably going to get cut, which is really shitty, by the way. Um, I think that's really shitty if Washington cuts him. I I understand if he can't play, what you got to do as a team, it's a business. But I think that's really shitty. But beside the point, obviously Washington has to try out this youth and figure out who's sticking around, who they can build around, and where they need to look for more talent. You know, So Haskins has got to play. And these young wide receivers got to play. And a guy like Antonio Gibson, who they're very high on, a guy like maybe even Bryce Love, might be healthy this year you know they want to give these guys a shake and if and if Bryce Love is now going to get these AP carries the 80 to 100 carries that maybe AP would have got this year then that's good for Washington to see if Bryce Love you know could be a future piece so like it makes sense for them Uh, I think he has a shot to end up on a team you know he's Adrian Peterson somebody that that is enough to get him in the building and we've and he's shown uh, since this kind of resurgence, right, that started in New Orleans, uh, that he could be viable at certain times. He's had some pretty good weeks. Last week, last year, he had really good stretches. And so, you know, he's not a he's not Adrian Peter. he's not MVP AP anymore. But can he contribute on a on a winning team that needs some running back depth? I think I I, I think so.
2: I, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be really tough, I think, for someone to justify signing a thirty four year old running back as running as, as as depth. I mean we see it in Tampa Bay right now with LaShawn McCoy. Not quite as old as as Adrian Peterson, but really what kind of role is that guy actually going to play? Because I mean, there's he's more so than just used on the up field the, the though, mileage right? is gone, but the mileage is gone
1: on the field. You look at the value of having a LaShawn McCoy in a, in a running back room on a team, right? A veteran leader. Like, yeah, obviously they have Tom Brady. They've got guys that have won there, but you know, he's surrounded, you know, for example, LaShawn McCoy surrounded by a lot of young running backs, guys that have, haven't really done that much with their careers, guys that need to prove it. And, and here's the guy who's done it at a high level, you know, watch his work ethic. Watch how he does this. Watch how he dissects film, right? That could be valuable. And maybe Adrian Peterson finds himself in a similar role, similar role, right? I mean, we look at Frank Gore. Frank Gore still still kicking. And if Frank Gore can do it, then Adrian Peterson sure as hell can do it. So well, I'm not down Well, that's because Frank AP. Gore
2: doesn't know when to retire. Frank I, Gore should retire I, I know, I'm five not, years ago.
1: I'm not down AP. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to be fantastic this year. But can he contribute to a playoff team? I think so. I think he'll have the shot. It's Adrian Peterson. Someone's going to okay. pick him up, right? <laughs>
2: like, I, I, I guess based on name value,
1: yeah, I'm sure. But. That's enough that someone's going to sign him. But um, uh, The other bit of news, Mitch, I just wanted to mention here. So, Jadavian Clowney, right? Still a free agent, right? This guy, one of the top players, it feels like a couple years ago, is really kind of fallen off the cliff. Uh, was in Seattle last year. They moved on. Right now, it seems like his services are being... Uh, requested by two main teams, New Orleans and Tennessee. They're fighting pretty heavy back and forth. In fact, I think the report was that like the Saints, like top front office execs, were flying out to Texas to like see him this weekend and like convince him to come play with the Saints. And Tennessee's kind of trying to do the same pitch. So uh, interesting to see where he'll end up there. But I just kind of want a real brief. Uh, if either of these teams sign him, what kind of impact... Or difference do you think he could make for each of their respective defenses, Mitch? Let's start with Tennessee.
2: Uh, based on his skill set, Tennessee becomes a top five defense off the bat.
1: Wow, you think you think it's that big of impact?
2: I well, they already have a very very good defense, true, And so true. Th- this could be the piece that pushes them over the edge. Okay. Um, I re- I would really love the Tennessee fit, but I would really like the New Orleans fit as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I that that he's he's gonna be, he, you know, he's been on teams where they've struck. I mean, whereas he was in he was in Houston before then, so uh, a team that either was winning or wasn't winning. Uh, he played that season in Seattle where they were winning, but you get to Seattle, you get to New Orleans where that's a bona fide winner. Um, and so there's a lot of appealing things about going to New Orleans, um, being a part of that system, uh, playing under Sean Payton. Uh, I, I I, could see both fits working out for him, but I would really love to see him in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, Tennessee. You know, I, I'm going to be honest. I think New Orleans would be the most intriguing to me because I look at that defense, which is a very solid defense, but I think one thing that they truly, truly lack or one, one area that they could really improve on is that defensive line, which I don't think is bad. I mean, Cameron Jordan has been a really consistent player. You've got Sheldon Rankins, David Nanyamada in the middle, and then Marcus Davenport, a first-run draft pick from a couple years ago on the other edge, but like Davenport hasn't really emerged a ton, I don't think. Cameron Jordan gets a lot of attention because he is one of the main threats on the edge. You add Jadavian Clowney to that, and he's either going to feast or Cameron Jordan's going to feast, and having those two guys on the outside just terrorizing quarterbacks when you have such a good secondary like they do, that is a... It's a tough combination. When you don't have time to throw it and you don't have room to throw it. Like, I mean, how do you, how do you do anything against that defense? So
2: you, I, I, you can't block both guys. Right. You can't block a, yeah. Them both.
1: A, and, and if these corners and safeties are tight on these guys, cause they have great coverage corners, Marshawn Lattimore. Right. I mean, they've got great secondary. That's probably their, the biggest strength on their defense. So you add pass rush to that. That's just going to be a fantastic combination for them. So I think that for the saints, it would make the bigger impact. Uh, because of what it would sort of unlock for their defense. I feel like they may be just one piece away like that. Maybe that's ultimately the difference. And smart teams make moves like this. Obviously, they're trying to. We'll see if they pull it off. He he gets to choose, and I think both great uh, destinations for Jadavian and Clowney. But uh, I'd like to see New Orleans. But either way, uh, d- I think could definitely have an impact on both teams.
2: Oh, Absolutely. Hundred percent.
1: All right, Mitch. Uh, I think that's it for our news here. Um, do, shall we get? Should we get right into uh, NBA?
2: Absolutely.
1: All right, Mitch. Uh, I want to start this off in the uh, with the NBA awards. Right, we gave award predictions uh, probably about a month or so ago, and the NBA has slowly but surely throughout the playoffs revealed the winners of the awards. The last one, the one they haven't announced yet, is MVP which should come in the next uh, couple days, I would presume. But I want to kind of go over the rest of the list. Also, on top of that, all NBA teams, all defensive teams, those are are yet to come as well. Uh, But individual awards so far, Mitch. So I want to go through these uh, just kind of a little bit here. First off, coach of the year, Nick Nurse wins it. I think that's who we both had, correct? That was pretty easy. Yes, yep. Yeah, Nick Nurse pretty easy. Rookie of the year, Ja Morant wins it. Now, the interesting thing with Ja is he received 99 out of 100 first place votes, and one person voted for Zion Williamson to win rookie of the year. And I just think that is just stupid. Yeah, it
2: should have that been 100. That is just out of 100.
1: stupid. I don't I get that it's Zion, but he played 19 games. Like let's not pretend that he Should have even been third in this, if we're being honest. Like, Brandon Clark had a hell of a year, and he was fourth, because Zion played 19 incredible games. And I love Zion, don't get me wrong, but I feel— I love John Morant's responses was funny. When asked about it, he said, I want to figure out who it was and DM him and say thanks for the motivation. Because John Morant, little Murray State, you know, underappreciated, you know, chip-on-the-shoulder guy is like, I got to, you know— more ammo for me. I love it. I I love his approach to it. But that's just literally stupid.
2: that guy just lit a fire that he didn't even know he lit. Yeah, hey,
1: just because he didn't vote in John Morant first in rookie of the year. It's incredible. But uh, yeah, John Morant that was that was that was easy. We both agreed with that, right?
2: Yep. Oh yeah. yeah no both worry. had jaw.
1: Uh, defensive player of the year, Giannis onto Compo. He becomes uh, what only three players have ever won MVP and defensive player of the year. MJ and uh, Hakeem.
2: MJ and Hakeem, yep. So,
1: I mean, that's incredible. He's probably going to win both this year. Obviously, MVP not uh, released yet, but most likely he'll win MVP. So he'll win both in the same year, which is extremely impressive. Uh, Back-to-back MVP most likely for that. But defensive player, that was pretty easy. Uh, Sixth man of the year, Mitch. This came out today. This was surprising a little bit. Montrez Harrell won sixth man. Mm -hmm. Which I'm going to be honest, Mitch, I don't remember exactly how we fell on that one.
2: I had I had his teammate Lou Williams.
1: I think season. I had Schroeder. I really advocated for Schroeder.
2: And and listen, who they were they were both finalists.
1: Yeah, and, and listen, like if you've been watching the NBA playoffs, like Dennis Schroeder, bro. I mean, I think at times he's been their arguably their best player. Maybe Chris Paul's been excellent, but Schroeder has been incredible. So uh, well deserved. All those, all three of those guys deserving. But I was a little surprised by Montrez. But uh, you know, eighteen points. I think like seven rebounds off the bench is, is really impressive.
2: Oh yeah. Definitely. I, so, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. That one was pretty easy. And then uh most improved player, Brandon Ingram, that was the guy we both voted for. That was that was Pretty uh, straightforward, too. I think Bam Adebayo, I think looking back, we are we should have argued for him a little more. I think we maybe underrated the fact that he was an all-star this year, uh, that he was an incredible defensive player, uh, and you look at what he's done in the playoffs, what they've asked him to do. He's been just an, a monster. Uh, I think Bam Adebayo should have got maybe a little more respect, but I, I still think that Ingram should have won the award.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I We actually talked about this the other night where, you know, both made compelling cases. Um, But what Brandon Ingram was able to do without Zion there, um, and then just doing that while also making the leap to, like, that next level of player, he just moved up a couple tiers. Um, Yeah. He's definitely deserving of it. I thought it was interesting interesting that Luca was one of the finalists, which I guess – because he was good in his rookie year. Now he's a superstar. So I guess that's what they're judging it on was the big leap. like, I mean
1: that's a pretty big leap, right? I mean it kind of makes sense, but <laughs> like
0: it's
2: like yeah, he was borderline. I mean he was he wasn't really all star material yet, but he was kind of borderline there his rookie year, right? It he does, made that leap to like yeah, surefire all star, no problem. Put him in the game. Like, I guess that's the leap they're looking at when they're looking at most improved. But I thought that was interesting that he was even one of the finalists for that. No doubt. It
1: is interesting when you think about a guy who won rookie of the year the year before as being, like, most improved. But then you see what Luka Doncic did, and you're like, okay, I guess that's the exception, right? (laughs) Like, I guess I guess that is the scenario in which that's, that makes sense. So, like, I mean, he didn't win it. I'm glad he didn't. Uh, I think that would have been, like, pretty biased if he did. But, uh, I mean, being in the conversation, sure. I think there was a lot of guys uh, in that conversation as well. That's That was a really stacked award, in my opinion. I think a lot oh, of guys. Very, very Devontae Graham so. uh, from Charlotte is another guy who improved drastically this year that just got overlooked because Charlotte is a small market and they suck. So like, unfortunately right. for him, he's not in the conversation. But he probably should have numbers wise, if we're being uh, truthful about that. But uh, it is what it is. It uh,
2: is what it is.
1: Mitch, that is uh, that's about it for the NBA award. So let's let's just jump into these playoffs, Mitch. And let's start with today's game in the and we have uh, right now game one of the Lakers Rockets series going on right now in the third quarter. But earlier today. We had Milwaukee in Miami, and Milwaukee yep. fell behind 3-0. The number one seed, best record in the NBA, MVP Defensive Player of the Year, have an ass team, is down 3-0 to Jimmy Buckets and a bunch of who's like, who the hell is Kendrick Nunn and who the hell is Duncan Robinson, right? But we saw it coming, Mitch. I saw it coming.
2: You did. You you actually made a tweet that said Heat and Seven, and I think you should have amended it and saying, by the way, go follow down Little Thoint on At Twitter. At
1: Lil Thoint, yes. Thank you. Um,
2: Lil Thoint, not Lil Little. Thoint. Yeah, not Lil Little. Lil Come on. Yeah, Lil Thoint on Twitter. Go follow him. Um, You actually tweeted out, Heat in seven. You're feeling super confident about the heat. Now they're up 3-0. I think you should have amended. Yeah. Said just after when they went down 2-0 and just been ballsy about it, just gone, heat and four. They're going but- for the sweep. Get the brooms out. Listen, I was already
1: bold enough picking the heat in seven. I'm sure people looked side-eye at that. And now I'm you like, look, well, sure. shit. I wasn't even bold enough apparently they're up 3-0 here's the well,
0: thing but think that, about it,
2: but th- but think about it, it, it was bold just uh, to even say that because no one no one anticipated Miami going up 3-0 no i mean Miami
1: being competitive and potentially winning the series yes sure. being up 3 nothing absolutely not you're 100% right and i think it's really fascinating because i told you this before these their first round series were even over like a couple games into the first round i was like mitch I think I might pick the Heat next round. Like, I really like them, and I think they could beat the Bucks. Like, I remember saying that after, like, game two or three. Like, I was, like, ready. Uh, yeah, it was, and
2: it was game four, I think. Miami
1: know, like- is a team designed and built to slow down Giannis Antetokounmpo. And that's exactly what they've done. And Giannis is still Giannis. He's going to get his. But when you can disrupt his flow, the way he feeds others, the way the offense flows, the way the team plays, that is huge. There's no there's no team that's better equipped to stop him defensively than Miami. With guys like Bam Adebayo, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala. Like, you can just throw guys at him all game. Guys that can play defense and play tough all game, no rest for the MVP. And it's 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 wearing them down and and tonight in the fourth quarter they were outscored what 40 to 13. They just fell yeah. apart in the end and now they're down 3-0. They're out of this series, I'm calling it. Get the casket out, I don't care. The Bucks are out. I don't I'm not saying they're going to get swept, but they're losing this series. Miami's a team to be afraid of, Mitch. Miami might get to a finals. I mean, they could beat Boston or Toronto? I mean, I think those would both be great series, but they could beat them. I mean, they're up three zero against the Bucks. They could beat anybody. Miami's went to sweep in their way to the finals. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding.
2: I digress. Well, well look, I, I just want to bring up something too. What did I say earlier about the Bucks? And I and I picked them to win the finals. But what did I say about them? They needed to have one of their guards step up. They needed to have a guard that stepped up to support Austin and Middleton because they didn't have anyone that was do it that they hadn't stepped up yet. And they still haven't stepped up. Bledsoe played like absolute crap the other night.
1: He played and like Ports crap
2: tonight. And and well, yeah, and tonight. And probably the night before. So did Wesley <laughs> Matthews. I mean, yeah. they've they've all played just like garbage. They've played like garbage. And if they need if they want any shot of coming back now I don't know how many teams in his, in history have come back from 3-0. I know it's different in basketball than it is I don't in think baseball, it's... but there's probably not a lot. There's, it I, I was there's not a lot. Yeah. I don't know how often it happens, but if they want any shot of at least making this a series, Bledsoe, Matthews and Hill have to step up. There's they, there's no option. There's no there's no other way of putting it. They have to step up. They have to pull their heads from their derrieres, and start playing basketball because look 8 points 3 assists 4 rebounds from bloodso is not going to cut it over 30 minutes. It's horrible. Wesley Matthews played 21 minutes, 6 points, no assists, 2
0: rebounds. That's your Georgia starting at
1: that, That's your starting guards combined 51 minutes and were 4 of 12 for 14 points.
0: It's not going to do it. That's, that's,
1: it's just not going to do that, it. That is not how you that's not how you win. I mean you can maybe get away with that in the regular season when Giannis goes for 35 and, and 20 but not in the playoffs, not against the Heat, who are a good team. And when old ass George Hill is contributing the most of any of the guards on your team in the playoffs, you're in trouble. You're just in trouble. Like that, you are in a And bad Giannis spot. still
2: went for 21 and 16 and yes. nine, almost triple double. Yeah, and he, he was
1: he's seven d- for 21 and o of seven from three. That's
2: well. Bad. He's, Giannis he's was not. Bad he's tonight. not. He's not a long range. He's not a long range. But then he guy, can't though. be shooting that many
1: shots, bro. If you can't make no. them, don't waste that many shots. That is. That is just bad. offense. But I mean, again, when you get which, disrupting the rhythm like like the Heat do, forcing Giannis to take shots like that that he normally wouldn't take because he has well, do you better think looks.
2: It, do you think it would almost be advantageous for them to go to like old school basketball, pound the paint? I don't because know because no, Lopez no, I had. Don't. A, Brooke, I don't. Brooke Lopez had a pretty decent night as well. So Lope,
1: like, yeah, but Brooke Lopez is getting his points. He's not getting his points from down low as much anymore. Like, I mean, yeah, he did tonight, but he's still three of nine from three. Brook Lopez attempted nine three-pointers. That was the most on the team. Brooke Lopez. That's what
2: I'm saying is if you're not shooting it well from deep, don't you think they you should cannot, just start pounding the, no. pounding inside the you know from the elbow in? Nope,
1: because Miami can defend that. Because Bam Adebayo is a fantastic post defender, and he can – he can subdue Giannis in the post. And the help defense, those guys will come. They'll be tenacious. That's going to be a tough assignment. Brooke Lopez ain't beating anybody in the post nowadays.
2: So what you're saying is that this is probably for the Miami Heat the best matchup they probably could have gotten. Um, I, I mean, because, I think there's teams that could uh, be better, defensive-
1: but it, there's no better team to beat the Bucks. Designed to beat the Bucks in the East, I will say. That's what East. I was getting at,
2: because yes. they, they are literally schemed up
1: to beat the Bucks Exactly, and they have. <laughs> they're up 3-0, and that's the thing. And I I, I want to say this, too, because we've we I, I want to give credit to Miami. They're, like I said, an incredible team, a very dangerous team. Uh, they're playing incredibly good basketball right now, and at this point, I don't know who can stop them when you play this well. But I want to give— uh, I want to I talk about Giannis real quick because he has gotten flack for his performance in this series. And rightfully so. You're the MVP of the league. You got to win. You go down 3-0. You know how many teams, Mitch, have been number one seed and been down 3 nothing in the second round of the NBA playoffs?
2: I am going to take a guess at one.
1: There's one other team that has done it. And that is the 2018 Toronto Raptors who got swept by LeBron and Dwayne Casey got fired and the next summer they traded for Kawhi. That was the only other team that's been down 3-0 as a number one seed in the second round. So like Miami, like Milwaukee is is absolutely blowing this. But I, Richard Jefferson gave these comments, right? Cause the stink. He went on first take, you know, they laughed at his face. But he said that Giannis isn't an MJ, he's a Scotty and he needs a Batman, and I think that's bullshit. I think it's a 100% bullshit, and I hate that we do this, Mitch, with every single young player that comes into the league and can't win early in their career. We do this every single time we say they can't do it enough. Guess what, Mitch? We did it with LeBron James. We did it with Michael Jordan. We said they're not enough. They can't win enough. They whatever, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But then eventually they figure it out. These guys got to lose early. LeBron lost early. MJ struggled early. Like they went to finals. They lost Like MJ didn't lose finals. LeBron did. But, you know, they went deep playoff runs. Couldn't get past it. Milwaukee's doing this right now. But I want to give a pause to this conversation. Like as if Giannis has reached the peak, and he's not who we thought he was. Mitch, do you know how old Giannis Antetokounmpo is?
2: Uh, I had to take a guess. He is uh, 25, 24?
1: He's 25. He's 25 okay. years old. He's 25 years old. Do you know how old LeBron was when he won his first ring?
2: See, that would have been 2011. So... He would have been 27. Twenty.
1: He was 27 years old. Do you know how old MJ was when he won his first ring?
2: Uh, That would have been 91. So uh, 26. He was 27. 27, okay. Mitch, I'm going to give you a
1: guess here. Steph Curry was also 27 when he won his first ring. Okay. Do you know how old Shaq was when he won his first ring? 28. (laughs) KD was 29. Okay? So we look at Giannis at 25 years old with what's gonna be two MVPs and a defensive player of the year on his on his mantle, and we're gonna act like he's not Batman. We said the same thing about LeBron. We said it when he was in Cleveland. Oh, he can't do it enough. He doesn't have enough outside shooting. He needs help. Well, guess what? Every player needs help. And he went and got help. He got Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and he won him a championship. You know what Shaq did when he couldn't win in Orlando? He went to LA and he paired himself up with a high-scoring guard, a young man named Kobe Bryant, and they went and won chips. Okay? Steph Curry had to get other pieces around him to win chips. That's what these guys do. And I don't I don't appreciate this. Giannis isn't the guy as if he's even had the opportunity. LeBron, MJ, all these guys. They weren't till they're 27, 28, 29 until they actually won their first championship. And it's very rare for these great players to have won so young by themselves. Kobe won young, but he was with Shaq. And M- My- Magic Johnson won young. He was with Kareem. So like we need to give Giannis a break here. He's clearly the best player on his team. They have not built a good team around him. He's gonna be fine. He gets a guard with some playmaking ability and some outside shooting, and he's gonna be. If they had Bradley Beal on this team. They'd win a. They'd win the championship this year. Ah. Uh. Like he just he doesn't need a ton. He needs something else that's other than Chris Middleton, and he'll be fine. So I don't appreciate this narrative of. These guys, they're so young, and they don't perform in the first five years, and we just want to say they're they, they 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 couldn't do it. They they weren't good enough. They're not who we thought they were. Okay, these guys need time. You know who's going to win a first ring this year is AD. And guess how old AD is, Mitch? He's twenty seven years old. Okay, and we said the same thing in New Orleans. He couldn't win by himself in New Orleans. Guess what he did? He paired himself up with a star, and now he's going to compete for a championship. So I'm saying pump the brakes on Giannis. Let's give him some time to win a ring. Before we call him a Robin,
2: oh yeah, no, he's not a Robin. He's a Batman. He just needs to find his Robin. Is all it is. But the problem, is, the problem gonna- is, is you got to get someone that wants to come play in Milwaukee. Because it's not a large market. That, I I don't
1: think that's hard. I, I think that's overrated. I I hate that this now like this narrative around guys only want to play in L A. and Miami. Like that's bullshit. Like it's Giannis onto decompo You don't think every guy in the league's like I'd love to play there.
2: What do you think the odds? What do you think the odds are that Giannis leaves Milwaukee to go somewhere?
1: I mean, if they don't give him anything after this year, he's gone, and rightfully so. They got to get peace. I mean, that's why LeBron left Cleveland because they couldn't build a good team around him. And no one blames him for leaving, and we'll do the same thing with Giannis. But it's Milwaukee's prerogative to do this. Like Milwaukee has the ability to keep this guy forever if they build a good team around him, if they give him the pieces around him he needs to win. But if they don't do that, he's gone, and as he should, because if he wants to win chips, he might have to go somewhere else to do that.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, only other Bucks, so, only other young Bucks guy to ever win a championship, with pretty much without his Robin was Kareem. So. um right.
1: And that was a long, long time ago in a very different <laughs> very, sport. A long you time know? ago in a so galaxy like, far, far away. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I just I see this happening with Giannis, and I hate it. And it's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen, Mitch? It's gonna happen with Luca in like three or four years. He's 21 right now. Luca's gonna get 24, 25. He's not gonna have gone to a finals yet. The Mavs are gonna be good and not great, and people are gonna be like, "See, Luca isn't the guy we thought he was. He, you know, he's not good enough to win." And then he'll go, and then he'll go you win one at 28. We'll be like. Robin? I, I think I think they have the potential, Mitch, but I don't think they're a team that's going to win the finals the next three years. Unless they drastically change the roster around them. You know, which which obviously they they have the potential to. So that's all I wanted to say about Giannis. But yeah, Milwaukee's out of this. Miami's moving on, Mitch. Um, let's talk about the other East series. It was almost a 3-0 series uh, for Boston until OG Ananobi, off a miraculous pass from Kyle Lowry, nails a game-winning three to To get, to keep the Raptors alive, two one in this series, uh, Boston. I still think Boston wins this. I think they're the better team. Pascal Siakam has not played well uh, and is really shrinking, in my opinion. And guys like Jason Tatum, who is being you know targeted offensively, is playmaking well. Kemba Walker stepping up. Uh, De- Boston again, another really good team like Miami. And I think Miami-Boston is going to be a hell of an Eastern Conference Finals. That's all
2: I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I thought Boston was going to be one of those teams that would fall by the wayside really quick. But um, they, they've showed that they're a, a very good team. So uh, if there's a team that's going to beat the Raptors, it, it's definitely going to be Boston. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, and, and when you get a guy like Jason Tatum at 22 years old making a big leap like he is in the playoffs, that's how you get far, right? You need guys to make, make leaps. You know, and last year for the Raptors, it was Fred Van Vliet, you know, taking a huge leap. And this year, you know, for Boston, it's uh, it's it's Jason Tatum making the leap to potential star, right? He was an all-star this year. He's looking like uh, the number one option in Boston for a very long time and, and good for them. And that's what's going to, I think, ultimately lead them to the Eastern Conference Finals. But this series isn't over. Toronto's a hell of a team. Uh, and they're scrappy, man. I mean, we, we know this about them. We saw it last year. They wanted. Dang ring, and they're back here again fighting for another one. So I wouldn't count them out completely, but ultimately I think Boston being up 2-1 is a big advantage.
2: Definitely. Definitely.
1: So uh Mitch, let's move it over to the West real quick here. Uh tonight, Lakers Rockets playing right now, as we said. Uh I think the Lakers are fine in this one. I'm gonna say like six games, but I think the Lakers are a better team and uh, we saw this game one with the Nuggets. When you play that many games, that hard, back-to-back, seven-game series, a, a dogfight with the Thunder, and you got to turn around 48 hours later and start a brand-new series against a Lakers team that's been rested for a week that handled their first round, that's a tough draw when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis. So that pairing will prevail. I think Lakers win it in, like, six.
2: Yeah. I mean, they would, they would have to win uh, four out of the next five because they're uh... – if, if they lose tonight because they're down 12 with nine 20 left in the fourth as of this recording. So, um, but I think you're right. The Lakers are just, uh, they're too good of a team to, to be knocked out here in the second round. So I like the Lakers as well. So
1: no doubt. And then that uh, final West series nuggets outlasted the jazz in the first round and they got shellacked last night in game one. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be competitive to be honest. I wasn't really impressed that they struggled so much to beat the Jazz. When, in my opinion, if they were really the three seed, they should have, you know, should have handled the Jazz. And obviously Donovan played great, but the rest of the team really struggled at times, and they could not do anything. They played horrible defense all series, and it continued last night. I'm going to be honest, Mitch. I'm calling this one a sweep. I, I think I think Clippers cruise to the Western Conference Finals.
2: As am I, buddy. As am I. Yeah. So.
1: Denver just looks gassed and, and they, like I said, they struggled so much in that Utah series against a team that they probably shouldn't have struggled that much against. And so now you're facing a Clippers team, uh, you know, that had a tough battle. The Mavericks are going to be a tougher team to face than the Nuggets are. So I, that's, I think that, that, that's, that's enough there. right? Oh, yeah. That's pretty Definitely. easy. So. No doubt. Um, all right, uh Mitch, that's about uh that's about it for the NBA playoffs. It's been a ton of fun. Uh I mean game winners. Uh, you know, you had the incredible game seven ending to the Houston uh OKC series. You had the game seven ending to uh, Utah Denver was fantastic, the Boston Toronto ending, uh last night incredible. It's just been a, a fun stretch of basketball. In this bubble environment, I have to say, it feels a little March Madness ish. And I've heard that before, and I think it sums it up perfectly. When you when you have so many buzzer beaters, close tight games at the end, this sort of competitive, you know, it's it's not the NBA arenas. It's a whole different atmosphere. It's fun. I have really enjoyed it.
2: Oh yeah, no, it's been. been sorry, this is late. Far <laughs> when we're recording this, um, yeah, no, it's been it's been uh fantastic playoffs, and uh, I can't I. These upcoming series are going to be fantastic to watch, especially when we get into the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. They're going to be a really great series.
1: No doubt. No doubt, Mitch. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap with the NBA playoffs here, and let's uh, jump into this fantasy draft.
0: Yes,
2: absolutely.
1: Okay, let's pause here real quick. Can we pause?
2: All right. Go ahead. All right. So we are going to get into uh, – The meat of this podcast, which is going to be our fantasy football mock draft. Yeah, a yearly Uh, tradition. Yearly tradition. Usually we have uh, our resident fantasy football expert, Jordan Fox, on with us. Uh, He had to take a rain check for tonight. Uh, So uh, we hope to have him on soon. Maybe talk a little bit of fantasy football with us. Uh, We'll see him tomorrow night because we will have our draft for our uh, perennial redraft league Uh, tomorrow. But tonight, me and Dallin will be partaking in a 10-team draft, um, 15 rounds, two minutes per pick. Obviously, we won't be taking two minutes per pick. Uh, Hopefully, we won't be. Um, And we'll be uh, drafting pretty much with with a standard format, full point PPR, uh, one quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, uh, one tight end, two flex, and I believe we have a defense also in here as well. Um, so, and then the rest of the bench spots filled out. So, Dallin, you will be picking from the five spot. Yes. For this one. And I will be picking from the nine spot Ooh, for this one. So, bad spot. Uh, as bad As we draw. go through these picks, we'll. <laughs> yeah, bad draw. <laughs> but, you know. It, quick turn quick turn on the back True. end so well maybe you can give some uh, hints
1: for anyone else stuck at nine because i think that's a really bad spot to be in so oh yeah. god it's not me i'll try my best i guess
2: <laughs> so uh let's get this draft underway all right so we got this draft started underway uh first off the board was clyde edwards Hilaire. now obviously that probably is that's just happen. stupid that's just ridiculous. Uh, second, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Third, Derrick Henry. Fourth, Saquon Barkley. Um, off to a very unconventional start, Dallin. Uh, so, at number five, what are you thinking here?
1: Oh, yeah, this is easy. First off, you're here, the 102, you're you you're thanking the 101 for being an idiot because you just got away with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but uh, at 105 here, this is pretty easy to me. I think a guy that should be considered in the top three, uh, Zeke Elliott. Uh, I've talked about how high I am on on Dallas and how much of a factor I think he could be uh, because of how many weapons are on the offense now. Maybe an underrated weapon in this offense, maybe. So I'm going to take Zeke here pretty easy for me at number five.
2: Yeah, I think Zeke's a pretty easy pick. I think he's going to be involved in a lot of facets of that game. Um, No doubt. After you you pick Zeke, they're going to have Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, first wide receiver off the board, then Delvin Cook i'm at the 109 um look i'm going to be very honest with you uh as far as all the mock drafts that i have done so far preparing for our draft tomorrow uh running backs there is a steep drop off right around the end of the fourth early fifth round um so my strategy actually going into this is going to be rbrb um i want to take the running back i want to have uh I want to take the running backs here, especially at this turn where I'm at the back end of the first, early part of the second. This is a snake order draft. Um, You look at guys like Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, um, Kenny and Drake that are still there. But I think the easy pick here for me would be Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and which is exactly who I'm going to take. Uh, He's going to be a a very integral part of that. Uh, that Las Vegas offense this year. Yeah, Um, Jacobs is a
1: fun one. I'm I'm at 107 in our redraft, and depending on how the board falls, I might end up at Jacobs at 107, which is going to be a little early, but considering how steep it drops off, and depending, like I said, on what the first six picks look like, he's kind of like my seventh guy running back on the board. So if those first six guys go, like – I might look Josh Jacobs there. It's kind of an interesting piece. So at 109, I think it's pretty good.
2: Right. Absolutely. Uh, this is one of those years where we're probably going to see quarterbacks start to go early. Patrick Mahomes goes at 110, and then Nick Chubb follows at the 201. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, obviously extremely high output numbers uh, when it comes to fantasy football. Um, and and – I understand taking those guys early. I think I can wait for a quarterback though. And I like I said, I'm going back to my previous thing, my previous strategy. Running backs fall off the table very quick. Um, so I am gonna be looking RBRB here. Look, I think Cincinnati's gonna be in a situation where they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot. Joe Mixon could be part of that but uh, could be part of that passing game. Um, but I think a more safe pick here is actually gonna be Kenyon Drake. Um I think really? that he's he's going to be a part of that passing offense in a big way as well as carrying the work the heavier part of the workload in that run game. So I like Kenyon Drake early to mid second round. Interesting
1: that you think it's more secure than Mixon. I think if anything what worries me about Kenyon Drake and I get the hype about him, I understand what the numbers looked like when he was in or Arizona at the end of last year, the potential output, but we haven't seen it. Right, like at least Joe Mixon has been the starter, has put up production in Cincinnati as their guy. We've seen like half a season, if that, of Kenyon Drake. I'm not buying on Drake just because of the lack of data, right, in this sort of system. And I think a guy like Mixon, you look at a rookie quarterback, what is the best friend to a rookie quarterback is a very good run game. And I think as much as Cincinnati wants to air it out and let Burrow throw, they also want to establish the run and relieve some pressure off their number one pick. So I think Mixon's going to be a feature guy. I think he's big value, but uh, interesting interesting what you went with there. Um, So Kenyon Drake, you got Drake. Mixon went next. Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders. Mitch, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm really looking running back, running back usually cuz i think it drops off heavily but i'm at a spot here the only options Austin Eckler and then maybe James Conner Chris Carson that's a little bit of a stretch for me i'm going to go with the wide receiver i'm pretty high on i mentioned him as a sleeper offensive player of the year pick in a pod a couple weeks ago i'm going Tyreek Hill here at uh, at 2206
2: yeah i like Tyreek um i like like you said, I mean, just he's going to be Pat Mahomes you know first option um guy that stretches the field has big play opportunity but also has high volume lots of targets uh i like tyreek um yeah lots of
1: lots of yak
2: he's he's a yak guy for sure definitely (laughs) um after tyreek you got austin eckler james Conner goes off the board at 208 lamar jackson second quarterback like we talked about quarterback starting to go early in this year's draft uh, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Carson, Travis Kelsey, first tight end off the board at 303, then Chris Carson at 304. Um, Dallin. You going wide receiver again, or are you trying to snag that second running back?
1: No, we're definitely we're definitely gonna gonna look running back here. Uh you know, actually I, I don't do this very often. I'm gonna mix this up a little bit because he didn't go as the first tight end. Travis Kelsey did. And I feel like a little disrespected for George Kittle. So I'm going to take Kittle here. I don't normally take tight end early, Mitch. In fact, I've like never thought about it. But like, why not? This is a mock draft. I, I This doesn't have to be good. Let's take George Kittle.
2: All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, <clears throat> so after George Kittle, Julio Jones goes off the board, then David Johnson and Todd Gurley, probably the grossest pick I've seen so far at 308. Um, I'm sitting here at 309. Uh, Look, I got to get a wide receiver. I got to get a number one wide receiver here. Um, I love the depth. And Jason Moore on the Fantasy Footballers talks about this a lot. He loves the depth of the wide receivers in the mid-rounds at three through seven. So I think I'm going to have plenty of opportunities to to get a second wide receiver. But I think with a guy like Kenny DeGalladay still sitting here, I have to take that guy right there. Yeah, a guy um, who
1: has, like, w- wide receiver one upside for sure.
2: Oh, definitely. And it's going to be tough with with Marvin Jones still sitting there. They're going to get similar amounts of targets and and probably yardage and touchdowns. So, and we'll, we'll get to Marvin Jones, I guess, later in the draft because uh, that's another guy I'm really high on as far as fantasy football goes. Um, but Kenny Galladay goes at 309 to me. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 310. Adam Thielen goes 401. I'm going to take a guy that I think – has top seven running back potential. I'm it's going John. I'm going it's Jonathan Taylor. That is I'm going your Jonathan boy. Taylor here, yeah, I I love this guy. He's running behind possibly the best offensive line in football. Um, I I love Jonathan Taylor there. The situation that he's in, he's going to be playing with a veteran quarterback and Philip Rivers. Um, he sounds like he's going to be the the two down guy there. Uh, Has sounds like he's going to be a little bit more involved in the pass offense than he was at Wisconsin. So um, I love Jonathan Taylor.
1: No, that's a great pick there. So a couple wide receivers, three wide receivers go after you. Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. Again, that's the fourth round. That's pretty... was pretty good for the fourth round and you're right Mitch running back does fall off and in this fourth round I'm sitting here thinking I gotta take a second guy and I don't like this I regret taking my Kittle pick I would have taken that back if I could do this again but we're taking Lev Bell because that's the best option available in the fourth and I don't feel good about that I feel better about it because I have Zeke Elliott as my first running back so I'm feeling good about that and if I can patch that second spot, if it's Lev Bell, maybe somebody else. Sure, but at least I know I have one solid option. It makes me feel better about taking Lev Bell. Uh, but it's definitely not. It doesn't. It's kind of gross. It's like uh, Todd Gurley. Just kind of feels a little gross.
2: Yeah, it's it's a little gross just because of Adam Gase is there. I mean, the, literally the situation he's in is not good in New York. Um, hopefully, Gase is out of there. Maybe Bill will have a little bit more opportunity in the second half of the year. Yeah,
1: and Frank Gore, you know. Immortal. Yeah. Uh, so and then he
2: tried to get Kalen the or Calen Bellage. So yes, he did uh, attempt
1: to trade for Kalen Bellage. But uh, yeah, so we uh, so I take Lev Bell. You got Cooper Cup, Mark Ingram, Juju, and DK Metcalf round out round four, and then to start round five, Allen Robinson, AJ Brown, Devin Singletary, Mark Andrews. I'm coming back up. I've got two running backs. I've got Tyree Kill, George Kittle. I'm looking at my guy from Carolina. Super underrated. Give me DJ Moore right here. And I'm feeling, Mitch, I'm feeling hot about this wide receiver tandem. Tyreek and DJ, like, that, I'm was, feeling good about that.
2: DJ was one I would hope, I hoped was slipped to me. Um, in
1: the fifth round. I mean, that's mid-fifth right there. Like you said, no, no need to rush on wide receiver here when you can get, I mean, Odell went in the fifth, DJ, AJ Brown, Allen Robinson. Like, that's incredible value. For the fifth round. The third through
2: seventh round wide receivers have incredible value this year. It is outstanding. And it's because they all have low floor, high ceiling. And it it's really just a it's a fantastic group of wide receivers that we have right now that you can get mid-round. Um after after GG Moore, Leonard Fournette goes at five oh six, then David Montgomery, Odell Beckham goes at five oh eight. I'm looking for my second wide receiver here, and I'm really at a Quite a conundrum here because I'm between two guys. I'm between Robert Woods and Tyler Lockett. Um, look, Robert Woods has proven to be, uh, the, I guess, the one B to Cooper Cup. Uh, he has plenty of talent. Uh, he's he was in college. He was one of USC's all-time leap. Re- uh, what I'm sorry, all of or one of USC's all-time leading receivers. Um, he's proven to be a a very integral part of that Los Angeles Rams defense, but I cannot ignore how much production Tyler Lockett has put over the years. Um, he has been one of those per, one of those guys. that has been one of those perennial top twenty top uh, top twenty wide receivers that you just can't ignore. I think that's a very solid um, second wide receiver option.
1: Yeah, and you can't really go wrong there. I think both those guys, maybe they're the second option, but they have defined roles. I maybe mean, Tyler Luck is probably the first. DK, I think, could emerge as the number one guy after this season, but even if they did get surpassed by the Cooper Cups and the DKs, they have established roles and consistency on their team, r- r- rapport with the quarterback, that they're going to still get looks. They're going to still get targets uh and be valuable in fantasy but robert woods went right right after you and then ronald jones to start the sixth mitch you've got two wide receivers you got three running backs are you thinking qb here there's a couple guys coming up there's maybe a tight end what are you looking to do
2: i am looking to wait i'm gonna wait on quarterback and i'm also gonna wait on tight end because i think that tight end depth is a little bit underrated i think that tight ends uh can they i mean they contribute not as much to a fantasy week as as people would like to think. Obviously, having a top-tier tight end definitely helps. Um, but if you can solidify the other positions outside of the tight end, I think you're going to be okay. I'm actually going to take another wide receiver here. And I really like DJ Chark.
1: Yeah, I really, that's a good one. I,
2: I really like DJ Chark this year. Look, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot in Jacksonville, and DJ Chark is the number one there. Is the number one there had a great chemistry with Gardner Minshew um, throughout uh, Minshew's tenure last year. Going into this year, uh, it, it, DJ Chark just seems like a very solid option. And yeah, there's and not the a lot round, of other... honestly a little bit of a value getting in the sixth round.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of other offensive <sighs> options there, so he's got plenty of opportunity, right? Uh, Ahead of him. So Dak Prescott goes after his third QB off the board. Raheem Mostert, Kareem Hunt. I'm looking to shore up running back here, Mitch, because I still have only Zeke and Lev Bell. Uh, I'm going to go with Cam Akers. I think he's going to have a real opportunity. Things are looking good for him in LA. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity and a lot of run on a team that we forget that Super Bowl year. That was a team predicated on the run. Todd Gurley, like MVP candidate. So this is a, uh, Sean McVay wants to run the ball. And if Cam Akers is the guy, then he's going to get looks. And we know how big a numbers Gurley put up that year. Uh, and I'm not saying Cam Akers is going to do that, but he's going to have opportunity and opportunity leads to fantasy points. So I'm feeling as my third running back, I wouldn't feel good if he was my second guy as my third guy. I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay about that. So.
2: I like it. I, I, I like it. I mean, it's a little bit of a, it's I wouldn't call it a flyer, but it's a it's a it's a confidence pick. You have yeah, it's a high upside
1: Cam, move, you know. You,
2: yeah, you have confidence in Cam Akers that he's no doubt. gonna get that done. So. so yeah, following Akers, it's gonna be Russell Wilson, the next quarterback off the board, followed by Stephon Diggs, Zach Ertz, Terry McLaurin, another guy you gotta keep an eye on going into this year. TY Hilton, DeAndre Swift, Kyler Murray. And Will Fuller and Dallin, you're at 705.
1: Yeah, so five quarterbacks off the board so far. I'm still not – you know what? I'm doing quarterback here, Mitch, because there's a guy still on the board that I think is going to be very valuable for fantasy football. That's Deshaun Watson here, who's the sixth quarterback overall is Deshaun Watson. I'm feeling pretty good about that, that I drafted Deshaun Watson in the seventh round. I don't feel like I reached for Deshaun Watson. I'm actually feeling very good about getting a quarterback at his talent level at that point in the draft.
2: Okay. I like it.
1: Yeah. So Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, Jordan Howard.
2: eh.
1: Yeah. Off the board. You're seven, nine, seven Oh nine. Mitch, what are you thinking here?
2: Yeah. It's kind of a gross pick. Um, I don't, there's not a whole lot that I really, really like here. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot of washed up names. Um, and a lot of names that really haven't proven themselves yet, um, in this spot, but, I think what I'm gonna do is probably take the boring pick, and I'm gonna, and it might be a little bit intriguing. I'm gonna take Cortland Sutton. That's not boring. What do you mean? I don't think I like, Denver's
1: offense is gonna be boring this year. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, think I it mean, could be really I, interesting.
2: Yeah, there, there, there's some upside to Cortland Sutton. I think he's gonna be a good fourth wide receiver to carry. Um, after that, Marlon Mack, then Brandon Cooks. Um, I. Thought about going and getting my fourth running back, but I'm gonna wait one more round to see if the guy that I want falls to me. I I well You know what I know he's who not it gonna, is he's not Can I get guess
1: there. who you want here? Sure. You
2: want carry on. No, I do not. Oh, who do you want? Draft him, let's I'm, go, let's see it. Look, you drafted this guy and he has had a very he's had a lot of issues of fumbling the football in training camp. And this, and if he does not improve his fumbles, his, his issues with carrying the football, holding on to the football, this guy will overtake him. I'm talking about Devin Singletary and then Zach Moss. I like You're Zach taking Moss a Zach lot.
1: Moss in the
2: I, eighth, wow. I like Zach Moss. And you know what? In a lot of mock drafts, he's been falling in that eight to 11 range. Um, and more specifically, probably that eight to 10 range because of, Devin Singletary is struggling in camp, holding onto the football. I know I talked about Devin Singletary and how he might make that leap into be a top-tier running back, but if he can't hold onto the football, Zach Moss can, and I like Zach Moss a lot. I think that's going to be a two-headed monster in Buffalo, so I'll take that with the flyer on my fourth running back.
1: Yeah, well, and the camp reports on Zach are, are super positive, and that you can take that as much as you want, but I think that's significant uh, when you have a guy who was, what, like a fifth-round pick? Third round? Fourth round? Right. He was a yeah. mid-round pick. He wasn't a highly talented guy, the fact that he's getting this kind of run. I think he was third round. Uh, you know, that's that's impressive. I think it's a little reach there, but I will say this about fantasy football, Mitch. It's better when you get the guys you want. So, if you reach a round or two to get a guy you want, I say go for it, because it's about fun, and you want the guys that you want. If you want Zach Moss on your team, and you want to root for him, and you want it, then, then draft him. You know, don't wait. Now, don't draft him in the first round, but You know, you reach a round or two. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You got to get the guys that you want on your roster. That's my opinion.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, go get your guys.
1: Yeah. So you took Zach Moss, AJ Green, Evan Ingram, J.K. Dobbins after that. I still only have two wide receivers and Tyreek and DJ more. And obviously I'm feeling really good about this, but I'm not going to lie, Mitch. I feel like I get a steal here in the eighth round with Michael Gallup. I mean, Michael Gallup was incredible last year. And I understand CeeDee Lamb's coming in, but eighth round? For a guy who put up his kind of numbers last year? I, I, I'm i not so sure that it's just going to, like, suddenly go away.
2: That wide I'm not so sure core, about that. That wide receiver core has a ha, is – there is a lot of potency for it to be very, very dangerous.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of mouths to feed, but I'm not banking on CeeDee Lamb taking, taking – uh,
2: Taking targets and attention
1: away from Michael Gallup. C- CD not, will I'm be not. a slot
2: guy, a slot guy at best in his first
1: C- year. CD's gonna get his due, but it's not gonna take away that much from Gallup, in my opinion. So right. anyway, Devontae Parker, Philip Lindsay, Carrion Johnson, Darren Waller, round out the eighth, start the ninth, Drew Brees, Sony Michelle, Debo Samuel, Julian Edelman, Debo, man. I was really hoping he'd come around to me. Uh, yeah. I think it's a guy we're all kind of sleeping on, but I'm pretty balanced here. We got a QB, tight end, three running backs, three wide receivers uh, here through eight, so I'm feeling pretty good. I'm kind of just looking at spots where I feel like I can get you know a lot of value. And uh, we mentioned this guy earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go get him, Mitch. I'm gonna go get Marvin Jones.
2: Damn, That's a guy <laughs> second option he's...
1: in what could be a really yeah. good offense. You know, I think that a guy who in the ninth round could be big value.
2: Marvin Jones, if you look, go look at his, statist- his statistics from last year compared to Kenny Galladay, um, they are staggeringly similar. Yeah. And and Kenny Galladay is actually viewed as the far superior wide receiver. Marvin Jones is the most slept-on fantasy asset, in my mind, uh, over the last three years. He, yeah. He's well, just... And- He's Sorry, had outsta- He's had outstanding output as far as touchdowns, yardage, receptions, and targets. Uh, this guy just just puts out uh, outstanding numbers. He's one of the most slept on assets in fantasy football.
1: Yeah, when we're talking about value uh, in terms of these guys on this team, I mean, you took Kennedy Galladay at the three oh nine, and I took Marvin Jones at the nine oh five. Exactly. And if they're going to put up that similar of numbers, and that's huge value in the ninth round. Not to say that Kenny Galladay was a reach by any sort of means. Kenny Galladay, incredible player. But it makes I, you
0: think. It makes. But it makes think. you
1: think. You know that that's the guy that you should be targeting that late. You know, Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones. I think those are there's some good. Maybe names. you so,
2: missed out at an asset at 309 when you could have gotten a similar player at 905. Fair enough.
1: I mean? Fair enough. So Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Rodgers, Jarvis Landry. After that, Mitch, you're at the 909.
2: I was actually honestly because I was gonna take my flyer at the tight end spot. and I was hoping Gronkowski would slip down to the nine oh nine. I missed it by a couple <laughs> spots, um, but so I'll wait. Actually, I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna wait on tight end. Um, I'm gonna take Hunter Henry here.
0: Um, okay. I think
2: I think Hunter Henry is gonna is gonna have a, he, you know, he's in an offense where he could potentially be the number one target um, outside of Keenan Allen. So uh, I I like Hunter Henry's spot in Los Angeles. Tyler Boyd, Alexander Madison go after that. I was hoping Tyler Boyd would slip to me. So I obviously am waiting a little bit too long on guys. Um, But I think where I'm going to go next.
1: Are you thinking QB here at all? Because there's eight QBs off the board. You and one other team are the only ones that haven't drafted. We're talking about guys at the top of this board, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady,
2: Josh Allen.
1: Are those intriguing to you at all in the 10th round? or are yeah, you still no, thinking they, uh, I'm going to wait
2: no i think because you know what i think i i think a quarterback run is going to come up here pretty soon and so i'm going to take my quarterback that i am really high on i'm going to take Matt Stafford and stack him with Kenny nice. Golladay
1: Nice. Well, listen, Um, 10th round for your starting quarterback and especially Matt Stafford is very good value. I think you waited well and you were able to put a really good roster around that. And that's pretty solid, you know?
2: Yeah. And, you know, and I love a quarterback wide receiver stack. Uh, Obviously, you double up on the points there or you you don't double up on it. But, you know, you account for both when Stafford throws the ball to Galladay. So, um but I really think you know Stafford's a thirty touchdown guy a year and well over four thousand yards a year. So I I like Stafford, um, and I think that that's especially in super flex leagues. If you're playing in a super flex league, that's a guy that you want to look for in your super flex. Spot. Most definitely, if you're playing so, multiple
1: quarterbacks, no doubt. Him and so. Matt. Him
2: and Matt Ryan are my favorites for for the second quarterback you take yeah. off the board.
1: High volume so. passers, you know, high volume passers. Guys are just gonna. They've always put up numbers. Right, like they're going to continue to do it. So uh, I'm I'm sitting here in the 10th round, Mitch, and there's a really intriguing guy I'm just going to take. It's the guy who just got a starting running back job today, Antonio Gibson. I'm taking him in the 10th, and I'm feeling fantastic about that because the upside of D- Antonio Gibson is incredible, and they want him to be McCaffrey light in Washington. And I'm not saying he's going to be that, but in the 10th round, a guy that they're high on, As my fourth running back, I'm feeling really good now with Zeke, Lev Bell, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson. I'm feeling really much better about my running back room.
2: Oh, absolutely. 100%. I just noticed this too, Dallin. Uh, We do have the super flex option in this draft.
1: Yeah, apparently we added that. I'm ignoring that for this sake, or else I would have drafted this very different, probably.
2: Uh, I, I yeah, I would have too. Uh,
1: but but uh, yeah, so a defense went right after me. I don't know why. Don't draft defenses; it's a waste. Uh, San Francisco, uh, Michael Hardman, Ceedee Lamb, Matt Breida, round out round ten, round eleven, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, Jared Cook. I'm not taking QBs, Mitch. I got Deshaun Watson. I'm feeling good about that. I got a tight end. I'm just looking for. Upside guys in the flex position, running backs, wide receivers that I think might have a ton of upside, uh, you know, maybe overlooked and and there's a couple rookies here, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, you know, guys you could take a flyer on, but I'm gonna go with Darius Slayton. Yeah, I like who's that. probably outside of Golden Tate gonna be a number, you know, a number one or number two option in New York in the passing game. I uh, he eleventh round again, that could be a that's a real high upside pick.
2: Oh definitely. I, I, I really like Darius Slayton. I, I made a trade for him in our Dynasty League over the offseason for Darius Slayton. So um I, I really like the I really like the pick. of uh, following that, Jerry Judy, Emmanuel Sanders, Damian Harris. Um, who's emerging as uh, new England's getting some back. buzz,
1: getting some buzz out getting of new some England. buzz.
2: I mean, he's got a lot of skills, a lot of, multiple skills, not just, <laughs> not just a talented guy. He's in general, got but
1: skills. That's what you want to hear about a guy.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go wide receiver here, uh, at the 1109. Uh, lots of intriguing guys here. Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, Uh, I think John Brown in Buffalo is an an intriguing guy. But I'm going to go with Henry Ruggs. I'm going to take another rookie here. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like I don't – honestly, I don't know if he's going to be the best rookie wide receiver on that team at the end of the year. Um, But – Because I think that Brian Edwards could emerge as the best rookie wide receiver on that team this year. But I like Henry Ruggs' uh, uh, skill set, his deep playability. So I'm going to take Henry Ruggs here.
1: Yeah, the Um, way I look at Ruggs uh, real quick on him is when they drafted him that high as the number one guy, they're going to feature him in the offense. They're going to use him. They're going to put him in space and give him opportunities. More than Brian Edwards, as great as the the camp reports have been on Brian Edwards, as much positivity is coming out of it. When you invest that much into a number one pick, a first round pick, you're gonna give that guy opportunity. So Rugs is gonna get opportunity. Now it depends on if he comes through on that, but in the 11th, in the back end of the 11th round, right? I mean that's that's not a bad spot to take a guy who could be a featured number one wide receiver. Like they don't have one in in, in Las Vegas. Who's to say it's not gonna be Rugs?
2: Right. Definitely. All um, right. So
1: uh Deontay Johnson after you, and then to begin the twelfth round, Tariq Cohen. Mitch, you've got running back or sorry, you've got tight end quarterback, you've got plenty of depth everywhere. You're probably just taking shots on guys like we talked about who you eye in here.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm uh <sighs> this is where it gets tough because you don't want to just fill your roster. I think the biggest advice I can give is like when you get to this spot, don't just fill your roster because you're going to hate yourself later on um, because you you should, you should, could have taken a much better player and now guys are holding on to them and they're not willing to deal them away to you. Um, I think at this point, I'm going to take another running back. I haven't taken a running back in a while. No, I'm going to go wide receiver. I got five seconds left. I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I like um, it. another high upside rookie yeah
1: could replace a lot of production from Stefan Diggs I got be the, huge
2: <laughs> I had the pressure thrown on me there I was running I like out of that it. time I like it so no I, it's a good pick
1: but it's uh yeah pick. it
2: was between him and Christian Kirk and Christian Kirk went second after that so yeah no doubt James
1: uh, White after Christian Kirk second defense Baltimore no surprise the San Francisco Baltimore uh, first couple defenses off the board, but I agree with you here. Don't just take whatever, but guys that you really—I mean, guys that you believe in, guys you think could really make a difference. I think that's what I'm gonna look for. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go Daryl Henderson, and I'm gonna kind of stack a little bit these Rams running backs because I invested into Cam Akers in the sixth round, right? But if he's not the guy, and Henderson, the third round pick from last year, is, then I now have that backup as a hand as a handcuff. Right. And I didn't spend a high pick on him. So he's sitting at the back of my bench. Uh, but I feel pretty good about getting that other option in case Akers isn't the guy. I still think that production could be there for somebody else. In this case, it might be Henderson. So,
2: yeah, I, I like it. I like it yeah. a lot. So a string of running
1: backs after that, Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds, A.J. Dillon, Adrian Peterson. We're getting into a rough part (laughs) of the draft here. Pittsburgh defense, Noah Fant, Tyler Higby, Daniel, Danny Dimes Jones. I'm back up at the 13th pick. I might think quarterback here, Mitch. I love two quarterbacks. I don't care what anybody says. And I like guys with high upside that could maybe surprise that are being overlooked. A guy that was super hyped last year who fell flat. I think could have a good bounce back here. I'm going to take Baker Mayfield here. Mm. 13th pick, a, a flyer on Baker on a team that I think should be a playoff team. With all the weapons that they have, they could be high-powered. And Deshaun Watson, I think, is going to be great. But, hey, I mean, even if Baker ends up becoming somebody I can trade, somebody else's quarterback goes down, doesn't have that good of a season, could be pretty valuable.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and the weapon, they, you know, they've given him much more around Baker for him to succeed so yes absolutely um, i like that a lot um i also like two quarterbacks as well and i'm gonna take your boy cam newton cam newton see that was the other one i looked
1: at but i didn't want to be called a homer but i guess i'm not a homer anymore because he's not a panther r.i.p hate my life uh but no but cam's great because fantasy upside for a running quarterback is just so high that why not take a shot on cam
0: yeah, I mean, look, he could outperform Matt Stafford. I mean, we're talking I 13th round here, you know? It's like, what do you
1: have to lose? The other options around you are players like, you know, Deshaun Jackson and Keyshawn Vaughn and, you know, Mike Williams. It's like, yeah, what, what loss do you have taking Cam there, you know?
2: You don't. You have no loss. Only
1: things that, to gain, so. no doubt, no doubt.
2: Yeah. So here's where I'm going to get interesting. Here's where it's going to get spicy down. Okay. Ready for me to get spicy? Oh,
1: no. You're going to take a defense. You're going to take a kicker.
2: Oh, no. There's no kickers in this league. So well, I can't you draft Still him.
1: try. I'm going to take Justin Tucker. I take Tucker. Harrison Butker.
2: That's <laughs> what I'm taking. No, well, that would I'm, just
1: be bad, because not only would you pick a kicker, but you picked the wrong one, because well, Justin right. Tucker is the number one pick. Come on.
2: Right. Come but on, I, Mitch. I am going to take a guy that I love the offense. I love the change of quarterback. I love the head coach. Nope. Sorry, not the head coach. Not the head coach. Sorry. Oh, well, yeah. No, he's the head coach. I love the head coach. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think that he's going to be freed up to have a lot happen to him. I'm going to take my third rookie wide receiver in a row. Almost in a row. Three out of the last four. I'm taking Michael Pittman Jr.,
1: yeah, you listen, I loved Michael Pittman in the draft to Indianapolis in the second round. I think that's big value. I don't know what his role looks like as a rookie, right? Because you have T.Y. Hilton ahead of him. You have Paris Campbell ahead of him, a guy who they drafted last year that they really want to see what he could do. Camp reports on, on him are pretty good. So Pittman in year one is most likely a third option, but an injury? You know, we look at something like Juju and how he emerged Right, that is definitely possible for Pittman. I think he has the the skills and the talent. Uh, opportunity is my only question there. But in the fourteenth round, I mean, uh, I, I love that. I mean, I love I love me some Michael Pittman Jr. So I'm not I'm not complaining about your pick.
2: Well, unless I, I think he's just more talented than Paris Campbell, and I think he will win out the number two spot.
1: So. Oh, okay. I love but. it. I like Michael uh, Pittman Jr. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Mitch, I'm picking. So Buffalo, New England defenses go after you. Keyshawn Vaughn, and I'm taking Deshaun Jackson. Because uh, Philly doesn't have wide receivers because everyone's hurt. Everyone's always hurt in Philadelphia, and nobody knows who's going to play. But Deshaun Jackson will be there. Deshaun Jackson will be there. So he will be available to catch passes, and that's enough for me. Uh, so that's why I'm taking Deshaun Jackson. So Jalen Rager, who I would have picked, but he's injured, goes after that. Chargers, Cardinals defense, Damian Williams to wrap up the 14th of the final round. 15, Justin Jackson, Anthony Miller, Sterling Shepard, Bryce Love. I'm sitting here at the 15. I'm thinking to myself, what do I do, Mitch? What do I do? I don't really know what I want. You I don't take, want a defense. You... I'm not taking a defense. None of these running backs are very intriguing to me. You know what I'm taking here, Mitch? I am taking... My, uh, you know, this doesn't feel good, but I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Jamison Crowder. Okay. Cause we know how often he was targeted by Sam Darnold last year. And again, New York is kind of similar to Philly, kind of similar, uh, to Miami, uh, where there's not like a number one guy, right? There's not like a, you know, there's opportunities for somebody to emerge, James Crow- Jameson Crowder got a lot of targets last year. He could be a high volume sort of guy. Uh, so at that point, I'm just looking at who could who could do a lot better <laughs> than where they're at right now. This guy upside to me. That was a horrible explanation, Mitch. I just took Jameson Crowder because it's the 15th round. What else See, can you do? And address that's, somebody.
2: That's where the trouble comes in because I'm going to take a guy right now, and this is where I would usually take a defense and just call it a wrap. Call it a wrap. I took it my defense, and I got the rest rest of everything figured out. But I feel like I don't really have all of it figured out because I still think I have some holes as far as depth goes. Not a single Jacksonville running back has been taken yet. Really? And I'm going to take Chris Thompson here because I think Chris Thompson has the opportunity to take the lead back role and be almost a Tariq Cohen-like player that Tariq Cohen was three years ago where he's going to have a high volume of receptions high. He's going to be a, an explosive running back when when he gets the ball out of the backfield. I like Chris Thompson a lot. I was surprised that he fell to the 15th round. Um, and I'm going to take Chris Thompson here. You know, I
1: like that because you're talking about upside and, and like you paid attention to the draft. Right, and you notice that no Jacksonville running backs went. So great on you, Mitch, for snagging that guy in the 15th. That's a smart pick. I'm smarter than I did because I didn't notice. Oh, uh, well,
2: I don't know if it's smart, but you it know. was no, because you got to pay attention to the draft.
1: And this is the kind of trends that matter. This is the kind of things that are important to look at is yeah. A whole team's no running back drafted from that team. Well, you might want to pick a guy because now you get the the best, you know, the option of the number one guy. And someone's going to get carries. Someone's going to get targets out of the backfield. Like somebody's getting those numbers, right? Sure. So if it's anybody, it's probably Chris Thompson. I agree with you there. Great pick. Great pick. So, oh, I mean, nice. that's it for us, Mitch. That's the 15 rounds. So let's uh, let's run through the teams here. Does that sound good?
2: Yeah. Why don't you go All right. I'll,
1: I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to go through this. Uh, by my roster so quarterback Deshaun Watson running backs Zeke Elliott Le'Veon Bell wide receivers Tyree Kill DJ Moore George Kittle at tight end uh, and then the rest of the flex slash bench Cam Akers Michael Gallup Marvin Jones Antonio Gibson Darius Slayton Daryl Henderson Baker Mayfield Deshaun Jackson Jamison Crowder Mitch what about you
2: So, quarterbacks got Matt Stafford and Cam Newton. Running backs, Josh Jacobs, Kenny and Drake, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, and Chris Thompson. Wide receivers, I have Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chart, Cortland Sutton, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, and Michael Pittman. My tight end is Hunter Henry. Obviously, a little weak at the tight end, but that's okay. Um, And no defense to speak of whatsoever. So, we'll have to uh, probably drop one of these guys and... I a defense somewhere, so.
1: Yeah, we're both streaming defenses, so. You know, I'm not going to lie, Mitch. I, t- I tried some things out a little differently, right? I went running back, wide receiver, tight end. I normally don't do that. I never draft tight ends before, like, the eighth round. Uh, but I'm actually pretty happy with how this played out. I remember, you know, I know I said after the fourth round that Le'Veon pick, I didn't feel good about Le'Veon as my second guy, but ending up with Cam Akers and Antonio Gibson behind that and then Daryl Henderson as the handy and uh, the handcuff for uh for acres i actually feel pretty good about that now and considering how the rest of my roster shakes out i'm I'd i'd feel pretty confident in this team
2: i would too i would i would actually feel really really solid about this team um lacking in the running back depth i think i think that actually zach moss who i took in the eighth round would actually fall below my priority as far as chris thompson goes who i took in the 15th really so wow oh yeah yeah um, just because Chris Thompson's volume, I think, is going to be could like the ceiling or the the floor for Chris Thompson's volume is going to be a lot higher than it is for Zach Moss's.
1: Right, like Chris Thompson has a clearer path to number one running back uh, volume than Zach Moss does at this current time. Sure. Yeah. So I yeah, hundred percent.
2: But yeah, no, I I love this team. I mean. Uh, I I think it's a huge risk taking three rookie wide receivers, but this was such a deep wide receiver draft that I don't feel too terrible about it. So,
1: no doubt. Mitch, who is the one who's the one draft pick like four in rounds like four to seven? The one guy that you're like, every time around, I'm getting that guy. Like, that is my guy. Every time he comes around, if I have the chance, I'm drafting him.
2: Look, it's Tyler Lockett, I think. Really? I think it's time okay. to lock it. Yeah, it, it, this this guy's gonna have so much volume. It's it's stupid, the the, the volume this guy's gonna have. Um, I think if there was a guy that would be close after him, it'd probably be Jonathan Taylor, um, just because of the workload that he's gonna have. And obviously, there's still things up in the air about you know is Marlon Mack or Naeem Hines gonna have a role. Um, that's going to dent into Jonathan Taylor's fantasy production, but I don't think it's going to have that too big of a deal when Jonathan Taylor's been so solid in training camp. So um, I would say Lockett and then probably Jonathan Taylor after that. What about you?
1: Nice. You know, I'm definitely targeting DJ Moore, who I obviously picked in this draft. Uh, I think he's got good value there. But you know another name, you mentioned Tyler Lockett, but I'm actually really intrigued by DK Metcalf. Mm. And i think there's a lot of upside we saw how good he was last year i think he emerges as the number one this year in that offense and i think that he he's the guy i really believe could end up as a like top 15 wide top 20 wide receiver
2: you know, so i now think, that, yeah now you, that you mention it guys like AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin come to mind for that
1: no doubt I mean there's a lot of what these are these are guys who are second third year wide receivers who have really come on well in the first couple years and could be due for a huge breakout right those are all the you know besides Tyler Lockett but the DJ Moores AJ Brown DK Metcalf Terry McLaurin all those sort of guys you know And, and there's a plethora of that in the fourth to seventh rounds like you said so big value there I think. Uh, if you know if i when I'm doing my draft tomorrow night, uh, that's where I'm gonna be looking for wide receivers, no doubt.
2: Oh yeah, that's that's the money's that's the money zone right now for wide receivers, It's four to seven. Yeah. If you can find a second, third, fourth wide, you know, second or third wide receiver in in the fourth to seventh round, man, you're sitting really pretty. Yeah, and I think ideally, I,
1: I think you can make it work other ways, but ideally, first three rounds, you gotta walk out with two running backs. You gotta rock out with two running backs oh, yeah. in the first three rounds, because after that third round, man, it gets it gets tough, and you don't want to have to be relying on Devin Singletary as your second running back or David Montgomery. I just, you know, I I you've gotta you've gotta have more security than that, considering how far it drops off. So prioritize running backs in the first three rounds, get two guys in the first three, and then hammer wide receivers in that four to seven. I think that's our fantasy tips, right, Mitch? Look at us experts yeah. over yeah. here. Yeah. And that,
2: I don't want to shy people away from taking a wide receiver in the first round. I No, honestly, don't do it. You're it, an it, idiot.
1: You're an it, absolute moron if you do it.
2: No, but, I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just I'm I mean, just kidding, guys. In my opinion, there's only one guy that's worth taking in the first round and that's Michael Thomas, but No doubt. But, you know, there's there's other guys too that like but man, running back just falls off the table after a while. It's the the depth is just not there. You have to go get your top guys right off, right off the bat. I mean, look, yeah. look at, look at our draft right here. Was it fifteen out of the first twenty picks were running backs? Right, so, exactly. So you you have to go get one because they're they're going to be gone. They're going to be gone.
1: No doubt. No, I hundred percent agree, Mitch. Uh, that is that's it for the fantasy mock draft. It's always fun to do. I mean, I love it because it's practice because we're drafting tomorrow night. So I gotta <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I I'm, I'm trying to grind these mock drafts and stuff like that, but Which uh, that's is, actually
2: not my real draft position. My No, my, I, I
1: I'm at 7, you're at 2, correct? 3. I'm at 3, three. you're at 3. So, yes. uh yeah, I mean, we're going to be in different spots, but it is interesting and uh we know that if you guys are playing fantasy football, you're you're all over this. You might have already done your draft. Uh, there's not much time before the season starts next Thursday. So you're either have done your draft or you're about to, uh, and we'll kind of, we'll throw some fantasy football in throughout the season as we usually do. Uh, it's always fun to do this mock draft to start and get excited for not only a football season, but a fantasy football season.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so happy to have football back. I'm so ready, so excited. And obviously being a big fantasy football nerd that I, like I am, um, it, it gives me something, just one more thing. To do, yeah, during football season, during sports, so um, really excited to have to get this started. We will have Jordan Fox on at some point to get his fantasy football expertise and just talk sports with us because he's a he's a pleasure to have on. So, um, no, no doubt. Uh, th- this was a it was a good annual fantasy football draft, Alan. It was.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree, Mitch, and we appreciate you, the listener, for hanging out. Coming along on this journey with us, it's been a good time. Mitch got to vent about the trash can with arms that plays quarterback for his team. That's what I just wanted to bring up again. Um, you know, I got to gloat about my great NBA takes. It was a good pod. <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. That
2: was a really good one. It was a really good one. <laughs> Let me and you know what? If you can go follow us on the socials, man. We got this. We got on Instagram, the Sports Hour guys. On Twitter at. The Sports Hour, guys. You can go uh, listen to us on Apple... Sp- uh, pfft, sorry, I am fumbling over my words. Sorry. Let me just start this over. Sorry. God damn it. Mitchell, cut that back out to Dallin. Yeah, and if you... Sorry. God damn it. Fuck! You're good, bro. You're I'm good, miserable. bro. It's just I'm the l- ending. And don't stress listen to it. I know. <laughs> Mitchell, okay, go all the way back to Dallin again. (laughs) Son of a bitch. All right, here we go. Yeah, and if you want to give us a follow on Instagram, you can follow us at the Sports Hour Guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. You can go listen to us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love – go ahead and leave us a rating, a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you liked this podcast – Go ahead and tell your friends about it. But tell them to give them a listen. If you didn't like it, uh, we hope that your nipples get stuck in a mousetrap.
1: I agree wholeheartedly with that sentiment, Mitch. Uh, its uh, It has been a great time. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Uh, I mean, we'll be talking soon because we got this fantasy draft tomorrow. Uh, so I will, I will uh, talk to you soon, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya!